we need to reunite with fellow Christians, fellow Buddhists and all that kind of stuff, because if we're not united and there's a lot we have in common, we can't we can't liberate Canada's kids. So there is an appetite from all factions, not just for the Muslim community, all factions to be like, you know what, let's come together. One nation, one flag. It's very simple. And let's protect Canada's kids. Hey, my friends. Do you remember that massive march that Canada had in all of these cities? And it was a march that, honestly, you probably thought would never happen. It was a march of parents for their children. It was called the Million March for Children. And, you know, who would have thought? We've seen it. When have we seen it? We seen The March for Life was the only thing we'd ever seen that even compares to such a thing. That's not going to happen. It's not going to happen, especially over the alphabet issues. Oh, yes, it did. It was absolutely stunning. And guess what? I've got with us today the guy who came up with all this and carried it out. His name is Camille El Sheik, and you're going to meet him right here. Stay tuned to the John Henry Weston Show. Listen, dear friends, long gone are the days where you and I could just simply trust what the nightly news broadcasted or consider what we read in the local newspaper as the truth. The mainstream media deceives the world, telling them bold-faced lies and often using fear to scare and control the masses. Now, how many of you are already seeing your friends and family back to grabbing their masks or scheduling another vaccine due to the uptake the media's covering about COVID or something else? Well, we've had enough. We can't let the mainstream media shape our culture and influence our family and friends. We must make sure that the truth is available to all to remind and warn the world of the lies that are continuing to be spread. So today at LifeSite, we kick off our fall campaign, and I need your help to strengthen LifeSite's voice for truth, to keep LifeSite News fully operational in the United States, Canada, and around the world. We must raise 500000 by October the 1st. So please pause this video now. Pray right now about making a contribution, and then do as you are called to do by the Lord. Thank you for your attention. And now, back to the program. Camille, welcome to the program. John, thank you very much for having me, and thank you for coming to Ottawa. It was great. It was great. Well, let me begin as we always do with the sign of the cross. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So, Camille, let me just start with, first of all, congratulating you. What an awesome, awesome event. Now, you know, this is unheard of, but you obviously struck a chord with Canadians in what some would say doesn't exist. There's not going to be a majority of Canadians. There's not going to be so many people going to come out and actually, you know, take on the alphabet cause for their kids. They're all happy with it. Apparently not. (laughs) Well, you know what, John? You were one of them. You're you're a father yourself, right? You commuted to Ottawa. And dozens and thousands like you commuted not only from, I, I guess you're from the GTA area, are you? 
I'm well. I'm actually in the Ottawa Valley, so only a couple hours, oh, two and a half hours. Perfect, from perfect. So I can I can drive to you in person. We'll have some uh, good Canadian uh, uh, food and uh, some Tim Hortons uh, afterwards. Indeed. <laughs> um, but you know, people came from Vancouver, John, Alberta. They came from New Brunswick and Saskatchewan. They told me that in person. And while they were taking a selfie, that was a privilege. I mean, I'm not used to that, but that's that's great. They had tears of joy. And saying, you know what, Camille, we commuted this far because we want to protect our kids. And you know, you, you could you could have a vision, but we we tried to simplify it so much with the hardworking team that people it resonated with people, and it was so simple to follow. Hands off the kids, parental consent, and we have faith in in Canada's parents. Now there was a stunning different message if you will for one thing you don't have the normal fear trepidation that many do when confronting this agenda because it seems always like you know well you do anything there the police are going to be against you everybody's going to be against you you're going to just you're going to just lose and you better shut up and get in line you came at this totally differently where did that come from John, that's a, it, I've never been asked that question, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer that for you. So originally, my parents are from Lebanon, and Lebanon went through civil war invasions and violence. And so, you know, I was supposed to come, my, my dad was supposed to come to Canada in 71. I was supposed to be born here along with all my siblings, my older siblings. And my dad changed his mind, got a career and said, you know what, um, his sibling. Uh, came to Canada, he changed his mind. Sure enough, 75, civil war hits, social unrest. Um, I was born in 1980, and um, I saw a lot of violence in front of me. I, I saw what war did to people. I saw what sedition did to people, and just aggression and hate. And I saw a lot of dead bodies, let's, let's be honest, at five years old and six years old, um, and seven when my parents immigrated to Canada. Um, but, you know, and I saw, you know, buildings go down. So I guess um, the creator is the greatest of planners, as you know. And I'm sure you read that in the Bible all the time. And he molds us into the person we don't know we're going to become. So I have no fear, but fear of the wrath of the creator. Because, you know, there's no nothing like a, a person who oppresses, right? And, and so for me, seeing that at a young age where, you know, a bomb should have blew up and we, you know, got by and we were very lucky. That showed me the worst case scenario type thing. And uh, I was kind of a little traumatized a bit, but uh, grew up, you know, grew up in the South, saw peace in Canada, saw what Canada was made for, you know, was, was, a, was a proud Canadian because that's what my dad foresaw. And you know what? That's a skill set that helped me in business and helped me in, in, in my political career and my back end, obviously, because I didn't want to run for politics at all. I just, I, I don't like the front end because there's way too many of those just, you know, looking to serve themselves and not the people. Uh, um, that that uh, taught me to be, a, you know, a maverick, I guess. Unpack Ottawa for, for us, if you will, a little bit. Some yeah. things were weird. So... Yeah. When we got there, there was already hundreds and hundreds of people. 
as the hours went by, we were there over two hours early. And as the hours went by, it increased and increased and increased. And so we had thousands. They were literally, you know, up on the hill itself, outside the gate, front of the road. Thousands just lining the road there. And the chance about being silent no more. And, um, you know, it's about protecting the children. But then something really weird happened. Yeah. At first, it was like 10 protesters across the road. And I thought, well, well, they stayed small. And then all of a sudden, the police sort of led a whole contingent, about 350 or so, of screaming LGBT activists yeah. in right in front of us. What was that? And was that planned with police before? Like, how did that work? Okay, so in all fairness to the police, they did a great job because it was above their heads. Okay, let's, uh, but I got emotional um, and I'll tell you why. I had many uh, meetings with the parliamentary police and one in person as well uh, to work out the uh, schematics of, of what, what went on. And I had meetings with the Ottawa police as well, John. So the original plan is to have the counter protesters west of parliament at the Supreme Court area. And so they had two locations. So they had that area and they had the Laurier area. Oh, that's what I was told. Laurier City Hall. That's where they were supposed to be. Now, as you noticed, our, um, you know, coalition government leader, Jagmeet Singh, came up with the protest. And of course, uh, we have a coward for our prime minister and Justin Trudeau, who likes to um, provoke these things and kind of run away, right? Um, I I was told by many officers and by insiders that uh, it was uh, many levels above, and so I got I got the word, and I said, look, I promise you that we're going to stay peaceful because these are parents, but if one person gets hurt, that's going to be on all of you, and I pretty much scolded all police, because obviously we're living in the moment. And then you see these guys, the plans changed. They brought them up and they blocked off all of Wellington to Metcalf. And they were able to walk on the roads while us, the organizers, the people, the march was for us. That, that day was for Canada's families and kids. It had nothing to do with pride, right? No offense to the pride community. Okay. If you were protesting, fine. I mean, you can walk with everybody. It's no problem. But carry the Canadian flag, one flag, right? So they changed that. And I, and I had prepared our staff. I said, guys, be prepared to be versatile because it looks like there's going to be a lot of wrenches thrown. That was the first wrench that was thrown. And we were promised the East Block, the whole East Block. As I don't know if you noticed, John, when you got up there, that East Block, was split into three sections. Mm -hmm. And we were supposed to get the corner of it. So that was the other change. The plan was to bring the protesters, counter protesters up there. I'm like, no, you're not doing that. Because already we're having a hard time trying obviously to stay within a peaceful protest. Now you're getting people, angry people, that I heard there was Antifa in there and all that kind of stuff, violent people that want to go up there and mix in with families and their children? Do you really want to do that? And so I had cops in tears. 
we got a lot of respect with each other. And one of the women cops, she was actually crying because she agreed with me. She just had to stay nonpartisan. So the police are on our side. But I said to them, look, we've cooperated with you. I gave you a lot of details to ensure that this is going to be a peaceful Canadian protest for Canada's kids and their families. Just civil liberties. Very simple. Next time, I won't give you any more details. You're going to have to figure it out for yourself. I want these counter protesters out of here as fast as possible because we know what their opinion is. We're not here to, to, to spread violence, God forbid. We're not here to oppress. We're here. And our message was very simple. It's in our commercials. It's in our uh, mandate. And so they, you know, they started doing their job and uh, slowly, gradually, they started to diminish. But they, many of them told me, look, it's above us. We, we like what you're doing. Just keep it up. And, and we stayed on our agenda to keep everybody safe. And thankfully, it, it turned out to be a very good success. And apparently, I had from our reviews in other areas, um, the same methods were happened, especially in Toronto as well. Now, the message was very simple. Leave our kids alone. Now, from the other side, there's all sorts of screaming and colorful language. Put yes. It that way. Yeah. Um, but the message, I mean, even what you said on, in the mainstream media, you know, they've had their LGBT pride days and, and you're not even contesting that, but just let us have a day for parents. Yeah. But it's not there. It's, there's no kind of peace from that side. What's your take? Well, I mean, you said it well. I mean, again, uh, Thomas Jefferson, I say this in almost every interview, he says, freedom is the ability to agree and disagree freely. So you have Pride Day, you have Pride Week, Pride Month, Pride Season, Pride Year, Pride Flags, Pride Banking Apps, Pride Stickers everywhere. Okay? We didn't say anything. Okay? We said, hey, you have the right to your, your opinion. We, we you know, live together as a country. I may disagree with your lifestyle just like you disagree with mine. That's why you are who you are and we are what we are. But to go and scold us for asking for something so fundamental, so simple. I brought these kids into a Maronite home, an evangelical home, a Buddhist home. Therefore, I reserve the right to be the parent because that's my right under God. They wanted to contest that. And I found that incredibly disturbing and disheartening for that matter. Hello, LifeSite friends. As many of you are well aware, communism and its forces of evil continue to be a threat, a grave threat to freedom and faith throughout the world. That's why on Tuesday, September 26th, John Henry Weston, co-founder of LifeSite News, interviewed author Kristen Van Uden about her forthcoming book, When the Sickle Swings, Stories of Catholics Who Survived Communist Oppression. Van Uden briefed LifeSite News viewers on how the communist playbook has historically been used to divide and destroy the Catholic faith of millions. Be sure to check out this exclusive interview here at LifeSiteNews.com forward slash video to strengthen your faith and immunize yourself from the propaganda tactics of communism. And now, back to the program. You yourself are from a Muslim background. 
Yeah. And there were, and, and this was beautiful. I had a talk with uh, Pastor Henry Hildebrandt and he was Amazing. so grateful for the Muslim community. Because if you looked, at least in Ottawa, and I presume other places, there was a majority of Muslims. Yes. The majority of them who were, and one other beautiful thing is, our side had so many children. The other side didn't have any children. <laughs> so this is a lot of hope for the future. Yeah, you don't procreate. So why are you telling us how to raise your kids? I find that find that uh, paradoxical. I mean, it's, it's ironic, but I mean, that's narcissism for you, right? Mm -hmm. Sorry, continue. You were saying... Uh... Yeah, so I just, you know, the, the Muslim community, did they come out because you're Muslim? Or has this been bubbling up in the community knowing that something's got to be done and you were like the spark that got it done? You know what? The Muslim community... You know, obviously, you know, there's doctors, there's people in the military, there's engineers, just like the Christian community. And they just want Canada back. And, you know, everybody, it's funny, everybody wants the same thing. They want to protect Canada's kids and it's united all factions, right? So uh, Muslim community is, uh, is um, responding to the call that we need to reunite with fellow Christians, fellow Buddhists and all that kind of stuff, because if we're not united and there's a lot we have in common, we can't, we can't liberate Canada's kids. So there is an appetite from all factions, not just for the Muslim community, all factions to be like, you know what, let's come together, one nation, one flag. It's very simple. And let's protect Canada's kids. Everybody has that thought process in their head. And that's why they went down. They heard a lot of things. Oh, is it going to be violent? We don't care. Hmm. Oh, is there going to be COVID shutdowns? We don't care, right? Oh, elections? Yeah, you know what? We'll go later after the protest and vote. Hmm. So that was the mindset. It was at all costs. We're going to be relentless and we're going to be unapologetic no matter what you say is going to happen. You know, there might have been an amber alert saying, you know, tornado warning and stuff like that. I I would have bet all my marbles they would have still went down and dealt with the amber alert later. That's how that that was the mindset. And that's not only just in Ottawa, John. That's from coast to coast. Yeah. It is stunning. I, it seems, you know, they're finally, it, it, it really does seem like finally we came out and said something. It feels like this has been a long time coming. The encroachment in the schools is so gross. It's it's so far beyond the pale. It's not only that um, they're being taught in the classroom, it basically indoctrination. Yes. They're saying that the kids, even if their parents want them to, they can't leave the classroom while they do that. They're then allowing boys into the girls' bathrooms and change rooms, and the girls can't get privacy. And when Josh Alexander, who, God bless him, he was at, your Ottawa March, he goes to bat for the girls in his school and they expel him. This is, this is just beyond. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Josh Alexander, it's funny, they say, oh, what, what ignited the Muslims um, to want to join this thing? Is it the call in Calgary where the, the, the teachers scolded people and told them to go back to their country? Or, you know, there were so many instances, right? But in particular, Josh Alexander, a born-again Christian kid, being expelled from school, that was concerning to the Muslim community. The Muslim communities, they went down the protest, they, but 
the media didn't catch up on it because sometimes it'll be Muslims that go down. Sometimes it's Christians. Sometimes it's Jews. Everybody's concerned and everybody's like singing to a different tune. Hmm. But I, for, I, for once, um, myself personally, I saw Josh get arrested and all that stuff. And I wanted to meet this kid a year ago. Um, so I had the privilege of meeting him five or six months ago. And it's funny, that first protest on Carling and Broadview, I introduced myself and I said, uh, you know, Josh, here's my card or my number. I'm going to make sure this is the biggest thing you'll ever see. My name is Camille. I got 25 years of experience in this. And I'm telling this to the 17-year-old kid who's, you know, who didn't finish high school yet. It's supposed to be thinking about his prom and what university to go to. I don't, I don't think he took me seriously, right? Oh, okay, thank you. And he's a very pleasant kid. Oh, thank you very much. Appreciate that. I'm like, kid, I'm here and I'm going to make this very loud. You know, I got a network from coast to coast. And we're going we're gonna to make this very big. And you're going to like what you're going to see. I'm sure he gets all these offers, you know, because I'm getting them now, right? Mm -hmm. And he, maybe he believed it. Maybe he didn't. You can probably ask Josh that in your future interviews. But then he started seeing me in more protests. And those protests started getting bigger. We did 15. And he's like, wow. And then I call the Million People March with our staff. And there was some, obviously, you know, People didn't believe it, wanted to believe it, wanted it to happen. Oh, and then they heard cancellations of it and it may happen or may not, may, you know, back and forth. And so we made a believer out of him that day and he came and he was very excited. Beautiful. One of the things in follow-up on that, you saw his brother, they were out at another protest of their own and they got really beat up, his brother pretty badly, bleeding mm -hmm. on camera. Unfortunately, but the police arrested his brother. What? Died. I'm lost for words. We now, want I, I, to love the police. Yeah. We're not the ones who go for canceling the police, but yet the police seem to be doing the wrong thing over and over again. What do you What do you make of this? Now, I worked with police, uh, being in the city and city management and stuff like that. Um, I think one of, one of the things they try to do is, you know, when you have counter protesters, especially very violent ones, the person being targeted, they'll arrest them, put them in the car to protect them, take them away. They won't press any charges just for that person's safety. So that's now when you have a lot of emotion, like a playoff game, people punch each other and they're emotional and then they regret later. Um, that's kind of what happens there. Now, is it fair? Absolutely not. I mean, it's not. But if you have 300 counter protesters, one smacked him, I see blood on his, on his uh, face. The easiest thing to do is take that, you know, potential victim away from any more harm. You know, now they arrested him. I, I don't know. I can't speak for the police, but it's, it's, it's easier to take that person away from an angry mob, right? Because you don't know what's going to come at him. But again, you know, cops, you know, they have a tough job. And those pride, uh, radical pride woke, not all of them, I, I would say that, um, they want to defund the police, mm -hmm. right? And so it's ludicrous. They want, what, what do they want? Social unrest, you know? Cops, they're not perfect. 
They're going to make mistakes. As a matter of fact, I, I scolded several of them in Ottawa just to make sure that we keep this peaceful and stuff like that. So I know emotions run high when you're, 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 you're locked in a tight place. You've got the pride community who just wants everything and does not want you to have anything in the protest, which is very weird. It's narcissistic, egotistical, and frankly, condescending, right? Um, even like, I'll go to, to the protest of ours. There was a guy with a pride shirt. The police opened everything for them. They had roads closed for them where we weren't allowed to get on. We had to stay on the sidewalk. And that guy was walking against our, our protest. And I, I stop him. I'm like, you're a counter protester. You're supposed to be over there. Actually, you're not supposed to be over there. You're supposed to be in a designated corner. But you got it. Now you want to walk in our protest and provoke people and hit people with your shoulder. I grabbed him and gave him to our security team. He's like, he asked me, he asked me a question. He says, uh, trans, right, trans rights are human rights. I'm like, what do you mean by that? He's like, well, you're taking your kids right, uh, right away. I'm like, what are you talking about? I mean, children's rights, their rights and their parents' rights. Parents know the best for their children. They can deal with those things. Why are you saying that? So I, and then I, I, I reverse the question to them. I say, are heterosexual rights human rights? He's, he boldly told me no. And that's when I said, get out of here. And I put him to the security team. And the security team brought them to the police. We don't need that. Hey, my friends, now is the time to stand up and fight. We are just about to have the Synod on Synodality. And everything that you've seen indicates that it's going to be an absolute disaster. We have Father James Martin as a personal appointee of the Pope speaking at it. We've got Cardinal Supic, Cardinal Tobin. These picks of the Pope to engage in this synod are indicative of where we're going. We're going into heresy. And at these times of great crisis, the church, especially those called in the laity to work for the glory of Christ and his church, are called to gather and strategize. Back in 2014, LifeSite launched something called Rome Life Forum. It was a gathering at that point of some 75 life and family leaders from all around the world to strategize as to what we could do. And when we gathered, the majority of people were most concerned about what? About Pope Francis, about what was going on in Rome. But this was 2014, but the life and family leaders saw it first. Now, a decade on, we are confronted with some of the most severe challenges the church has ever faced. And so, our tradition at LifeSite is to continue with Rome Life Forum, which has continued every year until we had to take a break over COVID because we weren't permitted. But we're starting it up again. Please come, if you feel so called, to Rome, October 31st and November 1st, the very end of the Synod on Synodality. And uh, we'll be there to strategize with His Eminence, with His Excellency, and with many life and family leaders from around the world. For LifeSite News, this is John Henry Weston, and may God bless you. So let me ask you, what, what is next? What, where do you think we are right now? What do you think you've accomplished, and where are we going from here? Well, I mean, think of this as a victory for yourself and every Canadian. I mean, you're a parent. 
it's giving everybody hope. So now you got the Stanley Cup. Everybody gets to bring it to their house, have their turkey dinner, bring their friends over, party. And you deserve to party because you got a little bit of relief. What's next? We didn't put our foot on the brakes. We had lots of meetings. If you like this protest, what's next is much bigger than this protest itself. But what's next, and I'm calling it, it's, it's mission one, called the um, Children's Indoctrination Audit. <laughs> and so the Children's Indoctrination Audit, you know, in the Zoom call, there were many characters that said a lot of illegal things. We made note of every one of those. Okay. Just so everyone knows, the Zoom call that Camille is referring to is a secretly recorded Zoom call that went on about confronting, including sort of violently, what was going to be happening all across the country with these marches for children. And that was secretly recorded and released to alternative media all over the place. And a lot of people have done some deep dives. Please continue, Camille. Yeah, yeah. And so they, they said in the videos, oh, we're going to videotape people's license plates and make sure, you know, we videotape everybody. So kind of like ostracizing, scaring people away. And so we made a note of that. I'm a former auditor. So, oh, really? You're going to do that? Eh? So we have records of all these things and we're collecting a lot of records on all these people because at some point we're looking for many of them to resign Okay, especially the unions. I managed six unions when I was manager and one non-reunion role. So I had to look at different bargaining agreements and make sure I managed thousands of employees within their respective agreements. But one thing we do know, John, you're a bright man. What do you know about unions? They're supposed to be for the workers, but unfortunately, they're not. They're usually for themselves. That's right. But you can also vote them out. Right. Mm -hmm. So the union took a political stand, stood up with Jagmeet Singh. Now, they did represent one type of Canadian, and that's the gay group, the homosexual group, pride group. And that's 1.74% of the Canadian populace. That's fine. You're representing those workers. But what about the 98.4%? So you pretty much forced your opinion on the people paying your union dues. So guess what? That's a violation of union representation. So we made a note of that. And we're doing an audit on all their agreements and the people they represent. And we're going to address that accordingly. So the children's indoctrination audit has an element of that. There's elements of potential protests. There's elements of putting pressure on different levels of government. But we also know from our intelligence that um, the government union and the teachers union, they put fear mongering with their workers not to come to the protest. And so we're making notes of that. We're collecting data from coast to coast. Because here's what's going to happen. The union member for QP who's outspoken. Oh, he's made several mistakes. And let's go on the record. You made a lot of mistakes that I, if, if I was him, I would probably resign. Okay. Because moving forward, life is not going to be as easy as, as it was 
him being union head and the honeymoon and us not, not you know trying not to be disrespectful to the pride community and being quiet right and they have their honeymoon and all the pride stuff now we're looking at them with a magnifying glass and we've ma managed to see a lot of major mistakes and these mistakes obviously i said before we're going to make sure people eat their words right and we're building the, the the biggest criminal lawyer team in the country you made a lot of mistakes and i would be worried if i was you now my suggestion resign then you probably don't have to worry as much right but again the union misrepresented it's paying members and that's a violation of the union code. And so the children's indoctrination audit, that's what, that's what it's going to go after. Absolutely. Great. <laughs> Camille, thank you so much. Any closing thoughts for us? Well, I'm going to say to you, uh, John, uh, people, as I promised you that the million people March is going to be a successful one. I'm going to promise you that this, children's indoctrination audit is going to make the million person march look like kindergarten i promise you that that's my second promise now very much looking forward to it camille you keep in touch thank you god bless you for what you're doing god bless you too brother and god bless all of you and we'll see you next time